Hey there, welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I wanted to let you know that the Salon Business Masterclass is coming up real soon and I want to invite you to join me. Do not miss out on this live class if you are looking to gain clarity of your dream salon and eliminate the overwhelming disorganized thoughts of how to start a business. I will be pulling back the curtain to the pros and cons of business ownership, learn the most important things to do before you open your doors, how to attract more clients, and reasons why 75% of salons fail within the first five years and how to avoid them so that you can scale your business faster and easier. Whether you're thinking about opening up the salon or already signed a lease, join this class to gain better understanding of what it takes to operate a successful salon business. Salon Business Masterclass, you can register here and I will leave the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I am so pumped to welcome our special guest today. I know that all of you are going to fall in love with her. She is a salon owner, an extension specialist, a kick-ass dimensional colorist, and an educator, and her name is Michelle Sinor. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle Thank you so much for having me today. This has been such a long time coming. I feel like just trying to find our schedules and make them match so perfectly. But today it's a beautiful sunshiny day and we're about to get down to business. I love it. And, you know, Michelle is a Midwest girl. And um, when I met her on Clubhouse and I feel like every new podcast that I've been coming out with, I have a guest that I've met on Clubhouse because it's just a great way to connect with other people in the industry right now. And when you got up on stage in this one clubhouse, and I can't even remember which one, and just spoke, I was like, we are going to connect. We're going to be best friends. (laughs) You have a similar path to me, and I would love to dive into that and get to know you even more. So can you tell our listeners um, more about like you, how you got started into this industry? Yeah. So I got into this industry actually around my junior, senior year of high school. Um, I'm not traditional in the sense of like I, when I was a kid, I thought that this was the path for me, Um, but I always loved it. And then when I met with um, one of the administrators, she just opened my eyes. She was so positive. She actually kind of reminds me a lot of you, but she was just really positive and motivating and was talking about all the different options. Cause for me, like, Growing up in a household that was low income, I didn't see beautiful salons. I didn't see the happiness at the end of my haircut. Okay. It was horrid. Like I hated it every time. And so, but then she really opened my eyes to all the possibilities. And I was just like, why not? I was, I was such a studious kid. I was on my path to college, but I always had this boundary that I like to kind of push. I wanted to be different than my sisters always like, well, I want the different colored shirt, the different colored hat. Like, how can I be different? And so for me, it was kind of probably very natural for me to go a different path than like the traditional, you know, person. And so I did it and I just completely fell in love with it right away. And I think what I love about it is the creativity aspect, but I also just love connecting with people. I love talking to people. And then from there, like, I did some educate or I got some education, I should say, when I was in school, obviously we had these guest artists come in and I just like fell in love and was like, oh my God, I want to be you. It's always been in the back of my mind. And now it's just kind of crazy to be like full circle and to be doing the things that I 
dreamed of in cosmetology school is a little, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that you had some people that came to your school that inspired you because I feel like we need more people who go to the beauty schools to create that inspiration because especially, you know, I went to beauty school in high school too. And like, we don't know what we're going to do with our lives. I'm 37. I still don't know hundred percent what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Right. But to have those people enter your life to like, think bigger, what can you dream about? What can you do from after school? Did, what did you do? Did you get into, um, did you start a salon? Did you work behind the chair? What did that look like for you? I love what you just said with think bigger. Cause one of the things that I actually teach to is I always say like, think big, remove limitations. And I feel like that's what she did for me. And that's what I want to do for people now. And so after cosmetology school though, I was like, okay, I need to work at a salon. I like, I need to work behind the chair. And I truly believed that I needed to kind of become a master at that one thing before I could really become a master at anything else. Like if you're going to be educating or teaching, right, you have to feel confident in what you're teaching. It's always going to come across more authentic and better if that's what you're confident in, which I think is so great um, with people kind of niching down now, because it's like you're teaching what you're really comfortable with. You're always going to be better at that. So I became a stylist at one of the largest salons here, um, a commission salon, and I was there for six years. And I had such a great learning opportunity when I was there. Um, I learned so much and it was a very structured business. So there was definitely a lot of like rules to follow, which I think was good um, in the beginning. And then you're kind of able to figure out your perfect vibe. Um, but I learned a lot there and I was able to dabble in educating with the new hires there, which was kind of my first little tidbit into educating. Um, and then the school that I went to actually brought me back in to teach a bridal class <laughs> as well. And so I really got to kind of dive into my educator role and my leadership role uh, within that salon. Um, but from there, I knew that there was more out there for me. I had kind of a different path that I wanted to go on. So I then was an independent stylist. I had a suite. It was a little 10 by 10 room. Um, and I grew my business really quickly. And that's when like Instagram, I really started going hard on that. Um, and that's when I started really getting into social media and, and teaching and really niching to what I wanted to do in my perfect dream clientele. Um, and then while I was there, I was building and expanding to open Ellen Co., which is now my commission-based salon that I have uh, my wonderful team at. So it was a six-year journey and then probably like a two-year and then now here we are. <laughs> I think that, you know, transitioning from a hairstylist into a salon suite owner is, in my opinion, it's the way to go. Now that you're a salon owner looking back, you know, do, do you regret doing the salon suite or do you feel like that that was the stepping stone that you needed to be where you are today? I think it was necessary because I truly believe that you have to know how to manage and lead yourself before you should be able to manage and lead a team. Um, if you can't have the discipline and structure and what you do and kind of, I feel like it's only fair to work out the kinks on yourself and allow yourself to fail before you allow someone else in there. Like for me, that is so huge. It is a huge responsibility for me to lead these individual stylists and for that, I mean, the, if, if it's up to me, if they make money, basically is how I see it. So I, it's such a big responsibility. So for me, I learned like 
so much. And I always tell people when they reach out to me, they're like, Hey, I want to be a salon owner. I'm like, girl, go do you for a little bit and, and really figure it out. Because even things that used to scare me, like I laugh at, like, I remember being so scared going into my salon suite, like, Oh, is the music going to be on? Oh God, hopefully like I can run my credit card system. Dear God, how am I going to do inventory? Like, you know, there's so many little kinks that you need to work out. So I would highly encourage anybody who wants to be a salon owner, manage yourself before you go manage a team. I love that you say it that way. I think that you don't think about that until you get into it, you know? And I think that you know, I was always a big dreamer. And so before I even opened up a suite, opened up a salon, I was like, I'm going to open this huge salon and spa and have all of these people working for me. Well, thank God that was not the path that, um, God planned for me. And, um, that would have been a disaster because you're right. If you can't, if you can't lead yourself, manage yourself, how are you going to be that leader for other people? I kind of want to reverse back here about the salon that you were at. It sounded like you had some, some cool opportunities there. When, when did you make that decision that it was like, it's time to leave? Yeah. So I always think that you learn something, no matter if it was an amazing experience, a negative experience, whatever it is, you're put in that position to learn something. So what am I going to take out of that? Um, So I went reflecting back on kind of when I was deciding whether or not to leave, you know, I think it's, I hear this all the time. I hear stylists really like nag and, and get down, oh, that commission salon, you know, and then they kind of like bash them and things like that. And, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, maybe everything wasn't perfect, but I'm not going to sit there and look at those negative situations in a negative way. I'm going to take any negative situation and now I can use that to build my salon or make a change. So I feel like with deciding to leave, it was just kind of at the point where that salon was no longer growing in the direction that I wanted to grow in. And that's not against the salon per se. It's just my path in life is a little bit different now. So I think instead of focusing on what that salon did or didn't do for you, focus on yourself and what you're going to do. Because if you have your mind on somebody else, you're going to be in the wrong place and you're not going to be able to grow as fast as you'd like to grow. So for me, I just focused, I was like, okay, I want to do other things in this industry. What is my action plan? How am I going to do that? And I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing that. So I just literally, it was such a quick decision. I was like, okay, today's the day. Like I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to grow. I need to move. And it was hard because you had so much time invested in this, you know, previous experience and it's a little bit scary. Um, but for me, like I thought, oh, maybe I'll stay at the salon for like four months while I'm planning this thing. No, like the second I decided I was like, I feel sick going into work, like knowing that like, I'm not going to be here and lying to my clients. And I was on a non-compete agreement too. So I had some restrictions and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to start today. Like, let's go. And I literally like ended on a Saturday at that salon and started on a Tuesday in my suite and was like, we have a chair, we have products, let's go. Like it was scary, but I'm so glad I did it. And I like, I can't imagine like, like delaying that process any longer now. Like, I just can't believe I even thought of that. So now I'm just so happy that I was just like, well, let's go, <laughs> let's do it. And I kind of operate that way with everything. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like I'm all in. I love that, that the, 
you know, there may be fear there, but you don't let that dictate your actions. And I think that that's super admirable of, of you to showcase that, you know, cause I think that there's for myself, there was a lot of fear around what business ownership would be like, you know, is this going to consume my life? Is mm -hmm. this going to give me the profits that I want to make to build the lifestyle that I would like to have, you know, but going all in when you first started your, your suite, you had a non-compete. Mm -hmm. And, um, so how far away did you have to go? So my non-compete was three miles, like a three, a three mile radius from the location yeah. that you had worked at. Um, so I ended up, you know, going farther than three miles. Um, but I think what the big mind thing for me was like a lot of people, when they reach out to me, they're like, oh, well, my clients, my clients, my clients. It's like, you know what? There are so many heads of hair. And for me, leaving that salon, again, loved those clients. But I'm just saying like, I had a different path of the type of hair that I wanted to do anyway. So I was like, I can't let that fear of those, you know, same people, like there's so many heads out there. I can find other people. I have the capability to help so many more people. So instead of being focused on like what I was losing, I had to be focused on what I was going to gain. And I think if you kept your head in that mind mindset, whatever fear was creeping in, I was like, Michelle, no <laughs> logic and really focus on what you're going to gain here. And it, it, you know, and I think if you come at it with that, man, it's just like cool things happen. Where did you get this sound mind of, of, of this attitude, this, this mentality? Cause that's, it's not common. Yeah. I think it actually stems back from when I was a kid. So I, like I kind of mentioned before, I didn't necessarily grow up in the, the wealthiest of households. Um, we definitely had some drug addiction and we definitely had just a lot of, in and out of jobs. And my mom was actually sick um, when I was a kid as well. So she had cancer when I was in fourth grade for about five years until she passed. And to be honest, like for my sisters, because they are more emotional by nature, I really kind of was that person for them that was like, we've got this, like, we can do this. Like, I wrote little notes on their door after my mom passed away. I'm, you know, 14 years old and I write little notes like, we got this, like, I love you. And honestly, like a lot of people, they see like the positivity that I have now, but I think sometimes you have to go through that pain to get the positivity. And for me, it was just like, you know what? Like I have two options, right? Like I can let this dictate my life in two different ways. How am I going to let this be a positive thing? And I think having to be there for my sisters and my family and just shifting that mindset and being like, you know what, I'm going to make my mom proud. Like, I'm not going to have this be a negative thing in my life. I'm going to make her so damn proud and live the life that she wasn't able to live. So as kind of sad and, and terrible as that is, it completely shaped me into the person that I am now. And I couldn't allow my life to be this negative thing that wasn't being lived out for her. And so I'm super proud of the effort that I've put in to shift my mindset like this. Um, and I know that it's just helped so many people. And like, even though I went through that now, it's like, I help other people who have gone through that and I can really help them be a positive and see that their life can be something different than maybe what, what's happened to them in the past. So it comes from a very like, 
crazy past, I would say. Um, but I'm proud of where it's coming. So hundred percent. I'm sorry about your mom. And I think she absolutely would be proud of you. And just hearing that, you know, I feel like our listeners right now are going to just love you even more because life isn't always fair. And, you know, especially like with 2020, you opened your salon in 2019. And, um, that was, that was probably a tough time too in your life. How, how are you still on this path of like, I am making change. I am, you know, living my best life. I am helping other people transform their life and their career too. I think when I kind of made the shift, uh, and this really happened, I feel like when I opened my suite, it was kind of this no excuses mentality. And I just feel like you can make excuses. I mean, the first time I made an excuse, not the first time, but one of the big things that I used to make excuses about, and this sounds so silly, was like, there's not a good backdrop for pictures. The lighting sucks in here. I can't take pictures because of this, right? And it was all these excuses around Instagram. I don't have time. I don't have time. I thought I didn't have time then. I was a commission stylist and everything was like done for me. And now I'm like, no, you make the time. Like you make the time and you don't make excuses. And I think that's literally what I constantly say to myself. That doesn't mean like everything is easy, but it just means like, no, Michelle, you can find a solution for whatever is going on. So I think if you lead with no excuses and a solution driven mindset, always, even when you start to get a little like me, then you're like, no, reel yourself back in, find a solution. You've done it before. You can do it again and you will. So I think solution mindset is key. Mm. I, that's just incredible. And I think that this this whole business and being in the salon industry, the beauty industry behind this the the chair, it is quite a bit of a mental game, right? Yeah. And it's like choosing to wake up with gratitude and saying that we get to do this. We get to do this for a living. And mm-hmm. you can either choose to be stagnant or stuck, but remember that's a choice. And yeah. you're choosing to stay there as opposed to saying, here's the cards that I've been dealt with today, or I'm going to choose to make the best of this moment. I think that you are just such a prime example of that. Um, Tell us about your salon because you have one amazing salon and salon team. Um, I'd love to know, like you opened up the salon suite. Did you know you were going to open up a salon? You know, what's funny, like initially I had like a little idea in my head, like, oh yeah, maybe I want to open a salon, but I also just really felt like I needed to find like me. I needed to figure out what, what my perfect salon was going to be like. And once I was in honestly, my first experience and then my suite, I started really forming the idea of like the things that I loved and the things that I didn't love about each scenario. And it kind of like really built pretty organically kind of into my brain. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is it. And I saw what I did for myself in such a short amount of time. I mean, leaving a salon on a non-compete agreement, can't do any client's hair, moving out of a certain radius, can't use certain products. And I saw all those restrictions that were on me and how I was able to build this brilliant, beautiful, amazing clientele of my dreams. And I was like, I can do this for other people. Like that would seriously be so selfish to not do that for other people. 
So from there, when like the second, again, the second it came into my brain, I'm like, well, action plan, let's do this. Let's find a location. And I just could not wait to be around the people that I choose to be around. And I think that is so important to your mindset as well, because when you're in, and I think so many styles have talked to me about this, but when you're in situations where you allow yourself to be around negativity, or I like to call them energy vampires, they kind of suck the life out of you, but you're allowing yourself to be around that, right? So you're, you're choosing it just like you just said. And I think for me, I was so excited to be able to really control the environment that I was in and the energy that I was around. And I think that's the key to our salon. And I think that's why we're so successful. Aside from the fact that those girls are unbelievably talented, I think it's the energy that you feel when you come into the space and it's scary when you're like, I'm going to create this salon and it's going to have this energy and then to actually live up to it. Um, but now, you know, here we are and clients come in and, and they feel so good and they feel special and we're, you know, in the Midwest and we, we make them feel like they're in freaking LA and, you know, that is, is truly so cool. I don't want to dull down slot ownership. I mean, you know, this, it's not always easy. Um, but when you do think about, you know, all the positive and, and the energy that I'm around and I get to be around every day, I feel so grateful. Um, so we're a commission salon and in a little area in, in Wisconsin, it's cl pretty close to the city though, like 20 minutes from the city. Um, and I now have, there's eight stylists there. Um, so that's super exciting and we'll obviously continue to grow. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. And that is amazing. And you know, I, you're so, um, I feel like you're being very modest. You, your team, <laughs> your you. team is great. Your culture is great. The energy is great because that's what you bring to the table. You're showing up with that attitude and modeling what you want your business to look like, what you want your staff to walk into every day. You're showing them, this is how you can be successful, but you got to do it all the ways that I'm doing it, right? You can't yeah. do what I do until you act the way that I'm acting, right? Yes. You're, you're, you're being that person for them. And I think that, that that's the first part that is, is key for successful salons is the leadership, right? Yes. It starts even from the, the hard top. days. Yeah, even on the hard days, you have to show up and you have to, and if I'm gonna ask them, hey guys, I know we all have bad days and we can talk about it and I wanna help you, but you're still here to show up for your clients. So it's like, if I am gonna say that to them, that's exactly what I have to do. And it, for me, it's not just showing up for my clients, but it's showing up for them and making sure that they're always feeling like someone has their back and that I am doing things in the best interest for Ellen Co. Styling Salon as a whole. And when they feel that, I think they start to build a little bit of trust in you as well. And I think leadership and trust is kind of the thing that really, really holds the salon together, um, which is a lot of, of pressure, you know, sometimes you really have to make sure. But I think at the end of the day, if you know a lot of people go into salon ownership and they ask me, they're like, I'm so afraid, like I'm going to do this wrong, or I'm so afraid that I'm not going to have this procedure in place. Yeah. You're probably going to do something wrong and not have a procedure correctly in place. But what you have to do is again, have that solution driven mindset. Cool. There's a problem. 
What's my solution? Tackle it head on and it's over with, you know, you have to be able to roll with the punches, shift, adapt, change, go. Like you just have to have that mindset instead of like, oh shoot, like this went wrong. I'm a horrible person. Like, no, you're not like you're human. And if you find a solution, it's kind of like the scenario when you go to a restaurant, they screw something up, right? It's not that they screwed it up. It's how they recovered. So focus on your recovery in every aspect of your business. And you're always going to have a good headspace around it. So it is scary and it is crazy, but it's cool. <laughs> that is amazing. So, and you've grown your staff very quickly um, to somebody who wants to start a salon and, and kind of model what you're creating here. Yeah. What type of advice would you give them as far as building a team? I would definitely say this is kind of, you know, cheesy, but I would say, I would say hire slow, fire fast. Um, even though I have built my team, um, I think the reason why these girls have come to me, I mean, I really did not, you know, have to seek too much, but I mean, the, they, they came to me through social media and that's how I've met every single one of them. But I think if you have to really put out there what you're about and who you are, just like how you do for finding your dream clients, you're doing the same thing for finding your dream staff. And I think you have to know who you're looking for, not necessarily always on a technical perspective, but on on more of their personality. And I think as a leader, knowing who you work best with, the types of personalities. Um, I actually do a personality test and that's been a huge game changer. Um, I do that in my six figure stylist program and I do that in my salon and we do um, the Myers-Briggs personality test because if I can understand that person as a leader, I can better effectively know how to coach them in a situation where I'm gonna need to coach them. Um, so I definitely think that's awesome. So do personality tests with people you're, um, looking to hire. And I think if you know yourself and who you work well with, you can decide if it's going to be a better match, but also too, sometimes you make a decision and it's not a good one and you just have to take action on it and not allow it to affect the salon. Absolutely. And I think, you know, being in, in, as a salon owner, you're learning a lot along the way, you know, cause I think that action creates clarity. And sometimes at first you may not be a hundred percent for certain about who should be on my team, who will I work best with, you know? And it's like, once you start working with those people, you can start to say, okay, yes, I need this personality type with me, or that person's got to go. And I'm not hiring somebody like that again. (laughs) Yes. I, yeah, I totally think it's, one of those things where you just have to be willing to make the changes necessary in order to kind of protect your culture. And again, just being like, okay, that probably wasn't a good hire. This isn't a good fit. Let me take care of that. Or like, what are you going to change about your interviewing process next time that can maybe set you up for better success so you don't run into that? And just a a little example that I recently have added to my um, interview process that has helped me dramatically is I used to kind of, you know, I'd have like, okay, we'd talk and we'd hang and that's great. And then we have a technical interview and whatever. Um, But I added more of a shadow experience and more of like an on the job experience, even down to my front desk staff. I now have them physically come and work in the space, like, and put into action, like the actual role that they're going to have 
so that I can see how they're actually going to work, right? Like someone can say all of the things, right? They can tell you everything you want to hear, but until you're actually taking action and I can see that you can handle this, that's when I'm really going to start to have that trust. And so adding, even though it takes a long time, it's like, okay, like the seventh interview, like, you know, it's, it's worth it because I know that I feel completely confident and comfortable when I'm saying like, you're in. So I think the more steps you can take sometimes the better, even though I know you just want to be like, let's get this done. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like you said, hire slow and fire fast. So why spend your money and your time and energy training somebody who's just not going to be the right fit? You know, I even think like putting them in a, um, even in a little bit of a situation and it could be as stupid as like, I just dropped a foil. Who's going to pick it up? You know, like, you know, who, who's going to be the person who pays attention to those details? Cause those details is really what makes a good salon, a great salon. Right. And Um, like for you too, you have to know, like, what are the key things? Like I need people that are action takers. Like that's very important to me. So when I'm hiring like a salon manager, for instance, I'm like, okay, are they an action taker or do they just like sit back? Like I need someone that's going to be like, boom, I got this for you. So I think looking at the characteristics that are most important to you as a person, and you'll learn that throughout, you know, different hiring processes. That is incredible. Now you mentioned a little bit about social media. And if you guys don't follow Michelle on Instagram, you guys have to do that right now. And, um, can you talk a little bit about your, your social media? I mean, it is, it's gorgeous. It's got amazing content. You have amazing engagement. And I imagine that you probably get a lot of clients from your Instagram page. Am I right? Yeah, I would say from the salon's perspective, that's pretty much the only marketing that we do, um, aside from referrals, of course. Um, And then when I was an independent on my own, that was the only way that, you know, I got clients was strictly from social media. I used to make excuses, like I said, and I used to be like, I don't have time, I don't have time. And then before I left my commission salon, I was like, you know what, Michelle, I'm going to make the time. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go outside by the dumpsters. It is what it is. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I talk a lot, I teach a lot about scheduling your, your life and, and your days. And one of the things is you had to schedule it in, like you have to make the time for it. And I never thought as a salon owner that I would spend the amount of time that I spend on social media, but it is the best marketing tool and it's free. So it's like, you can't always just think of it as like, yeah, I'm just like on social media. Like, no, you are marketing yourself. And I think for me, I, I mean, I spend the majority of my business hours, I would say either coming up with ideas or um, connecting with people or finding new clients. And I think that's a, a huge thing is you can't just expect people to find you and like, Hey, like they're just going to come across your page. Like they might, but especially when you're first sitting out, start, starting out, I mean, I had like a hundred followers, right? Like those people, like they, they weren't, nobody was finding me. Okay. So it's like, you have to go and seek out those those people. So engaging with people and using social media to be social, I think is so, so key to your growth, um, in clients finding you. And I mean, there's so many little things, you know, hashtags, this and that, but I think ultimately like showing who you are as a stylist, so many stylists make the mistake of just showing beautiful pictures of the hair that they do, but the, yes, they might fall in love with the hair, but they're going to fall in love with you. 
So if you can show your personality, that is how you are going to get those perfect people in your chair that you can just have seamless conversations with, just like I'm having right now. I feel like by showing your personality, that's how you're going to find the perfect people. If you're, you know, loud and bubbly like myself, cool. But if you're chill and, you know, you have an edge to you and all of that, that's also awesome and show them that because then the right people are going to align and find you. So show yourself on your social media. I think the whole, like, keep it personal, keep it professional. You got to merge those a little bit. People want to know, they want to know what I cooked on Sunday for meal prep. Okay. So sometimes you have to merge them a little bit. This is everything right now. I love that you said this because, you know, it's not, if you build it, they will come. And this applies to not just salon owners, but people who are behind the the chair, people who are wanting to start out a business, you know, um, being present. And I love that you're saying creating those connections and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and, and showing who you are. And that's one of the things about your Instagram that I really love. Um, on your salon Instagram page, you showcase your team and you're spotlighting them. And that's who really, you know, I mean, I I know that you are wearing all the hats and you are the star, but yet you spotlight your staff in such a beautiful, um, authentic way that shows their skill, right? Because eventually you'll probably pull yourself away from the chair and they're the ones who are carrying out the service. And I think that's so brilliant. And I think more people need to do that. Um, and, and your pictures too. I mean, wow. They're, they're gorgeous. I'm like, are you a photographer or, you know, so much practice though, you guys, and everybody's like, Oh, you know, like they, they see what you put out there now. Right. And they're like, that's so great. But the amount of reps that I have done on picture taking in different lighting scenarios with different styling products with different, I mean, gosh, poses, outfits, makeup. I mean, the amount of reps and practice that I've done is really what has curated and made it so comfortable and easy where now I can just go and bang out pictures in like two minutes. I used to book out time and spend literally, I'm not even kidding, 30 minutes and probably get no picture that I actually liked. So I feel like for those of you guys who are listening and you're just starting out, or maybe you don't feel like your photos are as good as, you know, the next stylist, don't focus on that. Focus on getting the reps in. Even if you never post that picture, practice and play and ask questions. Like, I mean, in, in my classes, my color class is coming up. I do a demo after, and I talk about picture taking. I have a little you know, $19 picture taking one-on-one thing. I mean, you can take so many tips from other stylists. So lean into them and use them to help you because that's what I do when I teach, right? Like all the stuff that took me forever to freaking learn, I'm teaching you guys in a matter of a few minutes, right? (laughs) So, but I think you have to know your like style and vibe. And if you scroll back on my Instagram, you will see one when I first started and it was horrible. And I will leave that for you to look at if you'd like to scroll all the way back. And two, you will see how my photography has changed and what my, like my, my little light, I was like a bridal stylist. And then I was just extensions. And like, you will see how my Instagram has changed based on what I was focusing on. So narrow in on what you're focusing on and just practice, practice, practice. Like you're going to change it. It is what it is. My branding has changed like 40 times. <laughs> Here we are now. <laughs> I love that. And, and you have to be it's those who are curious and those who put the time in to practice to become masters, right? And 
you know, when you're teaching something, it's when you've truly have mastered it because you simplify it. You've spent 10,000 hours practicing and, and analyzing and tweaking and now you're a master. So you can simplify that process of what that looks. And I really believe that having strong images is really what makes the difference to draw in the right traffic to you. Yes, the, the content and showing yourself and your personality, but showcasing your real skill. I, I think that I've seen great colors and great haircuts, but the picture is so bad that I'm like, nobody's going to want this, you know? I mean, a prime example too, like even with the stylist that I bring in, like sometimes they interview with me and I look at their Instagram and I'm like, Ooh, like, I like, I hope, like, I hope your personality's good because this doesn't look that great. And then <laughs> they come in and they do their technical interview and I take a couple pictures of their hair and I'm like, holy crap, like this looks great. Like you're amazing. Like, so, and then I show them and I teach them and I do social media training with my new hires. And I'm like, this is how we take pictures. Have them stand right here. Let's check this angle. I have them shadow me. I have them, you know, I'm like, we need to showcase your work better because you are talented. You're just not able to show the world because you've got, you know, the dirty salon in the background with the, you know, you're, you got like makeup on your phone <laughs> and the picture's all blurry and you know, so I teach them how to do that. So I think as a salon owner, if you want your team to have cohesive pictures with the salon, like if you look at our Ellen Co salon page, I feel like you scroll and you're, you can see individuality, but it means very cohesive. And I, that's because I've taught them, you know, this is how you should do it. So I think as a salon owner, take that leadership if you can. Ah, that's brilliant. Um, there is something I wanted to back up on that, that you mentioned that I'm like, how do you have time for this? But meal prepping? Oh, and, and, um, I believe that you, um, like to work out quite a bit. I do. Yes. So it's actually funny in my six figure stylist program, I teach about like your internal health and your external health and your, your inner beauty, your outer beauty. And I believe in order to have the energy that I have <laughs> to do the things that I need to do, I, I truly believe you have to take care of yourself. And if you want longevity, in your life and, and in your craft. Um, I, I, I treat myself like an athlete. Like I am an athlete training for the beauty industry. Like I need to make sure that my back is strong. <laughs> I need to make sure that, you know, I'm limber. I need to make sure I have the energy all day to serve my clients because they deserve that the best of me and my staff deserve the best of me. So if I, you know, eat something that's going to make me want to fall asleep. Nobody's going to get the best of me. So I just believe nutrition is so important. Um, and it's really been a habit of mine, um, really since cosmetology school. I mean, I really started making it a habit then I was actually an overweight kid. I was not in good shape. I ate terrible. I mean, big Macs. I mean, the amount of food I ate was quite nauseating, but I eat a lot of food now. It's just health food, but um, and I still have fun, but it's just, I really made that shift and I've like never looked back. Once you see how good that can make you feel and your brain, like the clarity that I have <laughs> when I, like when I eat a pizza, it's delicious. Right. But then I'm like, oh my God, I can't think I, I feel like crap. I just want to fall asleep. And then when I eat something really fresh and, and delicious and it has good nutrients, I just have so much more energy. So I think, again, you just have to commit to it and find time in your schedule. I talk about non-negotiables and I think this will be really key for the listeners. So for me, meal prepping and eating healthy is a non-negotiable in my day. I have three non-negotiables inside of my day and you have to put those things on the calendar first. 
Otherwise it will slip and you will miss out on those things, no matter if they're personal or they're professional. Um, put those non-negotiables on your calendar and make them a priority for yourself, whatever is important to you. It might be very different than my priorities and that's totally okay, but lead with your non-negotiables every day. Absolutely. And in to add to that too, like when I feel off balance, it's when I'm not doing things for myself. Mm-hmm. When I feel like I'm balanced. I'm doing quite a bit of things for myself, whether it's working out or eating healthy, reading, meditating, whatever it may be, I'm taking time out of my day for myself. And I think that that's really where balance can happen. Yeah. You can only so much like, and that's what you're doing all day behind the chair, right? Or all day as a salon owner, you are giving, you are giving, you are giving, you are giving. And I don't think it's selfish to be like, but what about me? Like, what am I going to do for myself today? And for me going to the gym and having that hour, hour and a half, whatever I decide to give myself that day, that is my time. And that is for me. And I literally like all phones off, everything aside, not like if you text me during my workout, I am not going to, I don't care if the world is ending. I am like, this is my time for me and, and doing something that feels so good every day. Do I want to be like, yeah, I'm so excited to go to the gym. Not always, but like, that is my me time. And it's really a time where I come up with the best ideas because I'm in my subconscious mind and I'll like, just like if you're on a rower, right. Or you're going for a walk, right? Like those are things that don't take a lot of um, mental effort to do. And I come up with the coolest video ideas. So the only time you'll see me on my phone is like, Oh my God, I have an idea. And I literally just type it in my notes real fast. And then I like throw it down and I'm like back into what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's what I do for me. So I'm curious when you work out, do you listen to music podcasts or silence? So when I work out, so my, um, boyfriend of eight and a half years actually owns a gym. So he's an entrepreneur as well, um, which is so helpful. He's, he's amazing. And he's helped me so much in my journey. Um, but he has a really cool atmosphere at his gym. It is loud and the music, I mean, the walls are like booming, so I, I never have to have like ear, I hate having like ear pods in and I hate being in a gym that's like really quiet. Like if I have to work out, <laughs> <Awkward>. <laughs> no, like if I have to work out at like my clubhouse at my apartment, I am like in there and I'm like, oh, like again, it's all about energy and the vibe. And so when I go into his business, the, the energy is so good. Everybody's working so hard. The music is hard. I mean, I like to work out to like rock music, like Paramore would be my favorite, but um, I'll listen to anything as long as it's just kind of like, got a good beat and it's loud. Um, but I really get into my thoughts though. So like it's, I'm kind of in my head when the music is just kind of this lightning in the background, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. So everybody needs to come up with their non-negotiables. Now, Michelle, you have an incredible class that you are teaching and you are transforming the beauty industry through your six figure stylist program. Can you tell us more about that? Because you've been, you've been giving us a little bit of a taste here and there, but tell me, tell me more, tell us more. Yes. So I actually created, um, the six figure stylist during the pandemic. Um, so there goes my no excuses. I'm going to figure out a way. Right. Um, but what that really gave me though, was the time. Like I, I didn't have the time to think uh, about a really strategic, more, um, business, it's a business program, but it's also a mindset program. It's, it's very unique, but 
I never really had the margin and the time to really think that creatively. And so when everything shut down and I was stuck in my office, um, I really came up with this program and I originally taught it online and it was my first session was seven days straight, like intense, like good energy, like every day we're showing up. Like, I mean, it was like the energy that was in that zoom was like crazy. Um, and once I saw the impact of what I was teaching and what it did for these stylists they they were all women so these girls for this one i was like almost blown away i was like whoa like i knew it was going to be cool but like this was freaking awesome so since then i mean essentially what i really teach is the things that i've done in my career with myself internally like we were talking about earlier and externally um to be able to have the mindset that I have and to be able to really push yourself past your limits and reach for your what's next and reach for wanting to be more and constantly doing more, but not in a way that you run yourself to the ground and feel depleted. I'm not saying you don't have to put hard work in because I work very, very hard but why not be strategic and smart about the way that you're doing these things? You know, like think about the example of, you know, double booking your clients and doing root touch-ups all day and right. The amount of effort that that takes with th that little bit amount of money, right. Where you can be so much smarter with the way that you're booking yourself. And that's just one example. You know what I mean? Um, but what I really encourage them to do is to think big, re remove limitations and figure out the what's next for them in this industry and how they're going to show themselves to the world and be really proud of what they're doing. Um, there's so many things inside of the program, but since I taught it online, I did multiple sessions, I've done it online, I've, I've, I've changed it, upgraded it every time, you know, every time you teach something, Oh, let's add this on. Ooh, we can do this. Ooh, this could be better. So I'm always changing. I mean, I just completely redid the book. Um, it's going to be so beautiful. I'm so excited to get it printed. Um, but I'm taking it live and in person for the very first time this July. Um, our tickets are closed, um, but there is a wait list for the next one. And what I am so excited to bring to this program now beyond the incredible life-changing content that's inside of it is the experience that we're going to have. I mean, this is like an event, you know, and it's like the energy to be around these people who are pumping themselves the hell up to do more is going to be so amazing. If they could take that away from a Zoom, imagine what they're going to take away when they're inside of this room with all of these people, right? And I'm so excited. That's what I've been working like in my computer on so hard is just all the fine little details that are going to be memorable and make this an experience that they're never going to forget. But the biggest thing as an educator for me is not like, I don't want to hand you a piece of paper and be like, do as I do. I need to teach you when you're in those walls with me, I need you to leave and be able to go implement that on your own as your own. And that's what I teach. It's really figuring out how you can go back and how you can continue to use these practices because I don't want to sit there and handhold you and be, you know, like a baby all the time, right? Like if I just teach you something, but you can't 
actually continue to implement it in your life, then, then what success is that? So when I'm teaching, it's really making sure that they are truly doing the work themselves. And I'm not just handing them a sheet of paper that says, do your prices like this, right? Like, I mean, that's great. We need that. But I really want to teach them to and empower them to do things for themselves. And that's where they're going to feel like a bigger success. Yes. So amazing. Anyway, got no, really uh, passionate there. Sip of my cup. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. And, and yeah, if you want to be a six figure stylist, you can't continue doing the same things you're doing today. You right. have to level up and change up your ways and have a different mindset and have the right mindset to, to have those things in the future. And it takes hard work, dedication, determination, and having a great coach or educator. Yes. Is people always like, I came up with the name. I I need to talk about the name really quick because it's just like the elephant in the room, right? One, I liked it because it made people uncomfortable because it's about money. Two, (laughs) and and I want people to not be uncomfortable about making money. But two, to me, being a six-figure stylist, it doesn't matter. I've had people that have taken my program that make six figures, people that make well under six figures. And sometimes people will be nervous to take it because maybe they're so far under, they're like, there's no way I can ever make six figures. I'm a part, you know, I'm a mom, I work in a small town or people that already make six figures are like, oh, she's just going to tell me to raise my prices. No, 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 no. Six-figure stylist is about being the total six-figure stylist package. Not just I'm making six figures on paper, but I feel like a freaking six-figure stylist. When I walk into work every day, I feel so amazing. And so it's kind of this funny thing where I'm like, I was like, should I change the name? Like, is that, and I was like, you know what, whatever. Like to me, it's, it's so much more than, than the physical dollar amount. And that's what the students will tell you after the class too. They're like, I thought I was coming to learn about money, but what I actually learned about was like, so beyond and it's actually what I needed. So it's the thing that you didn't know you needed. (laughs) Love that. And I think that a lot of people will reference six figures as we've made it. I've done it. I've proved to myself that I can take this career and make it something beautiful for myself. And I yep. love that. And don't change the name. It's catchy. I like now it. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, uh, now we're so far in, like, maybe I'll have to like make a 2.0 version or something. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, is there any final um, words of wisdom, anything that you would love to um, share with our listeners today? Gosh, I just want to tell everybody, if you are stuck in a rut, which I feel like I've heard that a lot recently, I just want to encourage you to think big, remove limitations, and to find people that you can surround yourself with, like both of us, um, and positive energy, um, because that is what is going to help take you to that next step. So always just remember that you have the capability to do anything you truly want if you're willing to put in the work. She's amazing. You guys, thank you so much, Michelle. Um, This is amazing. You are awesome. Where can our listeners find you, learn from you and, and know everything about you? Yes, absolutely. So on Instagram, you can find me at beauty by underscore Michelle Sonor. Um, And then also to the link in my bio has a link to all of my education classes. I'm just a DM away. Um, you can totally go, go to michellesnoredu.com if you want to check out my education. But if you go to Instagram, it's all in my bio, on my link tree. Um, and again, I'm just a DM away. So 
ask me questions. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Michelle. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like you totally buttered me up all day and I need to butter her up because she's freaking amazing. You guys. So obviously if you're listening to this, you already know that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me.